0: Welcome to More Than a Mission, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to discern God's calling to live an active, intentional life of sharing the gospel. Each week, we talk about the way God is moving in our lives, around the world, and everywhere in between, as well as how God's call to missions may apply to your life. Ready to explore your calling? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than a Mission podcast. My name is Micah, and I'm joined as always, by Andrew Carl Carlberg.
1: <laughs> How you doing? Addison gave away my name last time.
0: <laughs> and Zaya Henderson. How you doing, guys? We have two very special guests uh, joining us again tonight. Uh, Christian and Robin McKinnon. Hi,
2: guys. Hello.
0: Hello. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Christian and Robin uh, are very close with Andrew, or as they know him, Carl. Um, so feel free to call Andrew Carl because we just recorded with Addison and Katrina and they did it and I'm trying to get the train rolling. (laughs) (laughs) He's been known by Andrew in our group, but I love that y'all call him Carl.
1: Hey, you know, Robin and Christian are actually the two who have held out the longest. (laughs) They've honestly called me Andrew the whole time. (laughs) It is true. Well, shoot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but we can switch
3: over tonight, if you yeah. want us to switch, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: whatever makes you comfortable. <laughs> um, so Andrew, do you want to let us know uh, how you met Robin and Christian?
1: Yeah, uh, that could be a really long story. We'll share the brief version of that is I have known them three, almost three years now. October would be three years. I actually met them. Ironically enough, our last episode was Addison-Katrina. I technically met them at Addison-Katrina's wedding for the first time, although all I did was introduce their daughter, Maddie, to come up and sing. And then the next week I was at church. the Very long story short is I had had a vision about that entailed like worship happening in multiple languages. And so the following Sunday after that wedding, I was sitting in church, and had no idea who. I mean, I like recognized them from the wedding, but they were sitting right behind me, and we're in the middle of worship. And out of nowhere, I hear someone start singing in Spanish, and I turn around, and it's the same. Their daughter, Maddie, who had been leading worship at the wedding. And so I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Have a dream about all this multiple language stuff. Um, that was very much like part of it was helping, like a vision to start these worship nights in the city of Indianapolis. And so. I was like, hmm, should probably pursue that. <laughs> so I went to their house that night for, we call them missional communities, basically a house church kind of vibe. And pretty immediately, uh, they have become, I mean, to this point, very much a second family to me. I'm literally living at their house right now as a <laughs> training camp. Um, and so they have become very near and dear. Uh, I've like helped lead the MC house church with them. And got to serve alongside of them and quite a bit of ministry. And I would tell you that they are a family that is, I have never met a family that has the ability to like instantly welcome and make people, make people feel loved and known so quickly and so easily and like so sacrificially to the point where their like home is constantly open. And it's just like, I don't care what it costs us. Like our like mission is to simply like make every single person who walks in this house, like know that they are loved um and so it's like really inspiring to watch them just like walk through life even the simple thing I think such a beautiful simple truth that I see them live out in like actually developing community is like I'm always welcome here but I'm like welcoming the mess like it's never just hey we're gonna put on a show it's like hey you're coming over also we're all leaving and you're like eight-year-old girl from Honduras will be here and my 10-year-old son will be here like figure it out (laughs) Um, so I've just seen like so much beauty and then like welcoming people to just like walk life with them as opposed to like there can be a well we're gonna welcome people in but like we're gonna put on a show for a few hours Uh, I've just seen them like live so authentically in their welcoming I think is the thing that like has stood out to me the most and so yeah going on three years now I've tutored their kids they've very much been a second family to me here and I love them to death Mm.
2: we feel the same those are those words are too kind for us truthfully but yes we are very blessed
0: well I can definitely attest to everything Andrew just said um I had heard a lot about the two of you from Andrew uh and just getting to know him um and then it was such a blessing to be able to meet the both of you gosh what was that like a month ago already. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: A little older. crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but for sure one of the most welcoming families that that I've ever met. Um and even just in that short like 2 or 3 hours that I was able to spend at your guys' house, it was incredible. Mm.
2: Um We want you to come back. And say <laughs> you're you're invited
3: too. You got to come next time. <laughs> yes. Cool. Oh, thank you.
0: Um, so Robin and Christian I would love to know a little bit more about you guys um, so could you tell us a little bit about what you all are doing right now whether that be work church house church all of the above
3: yes I think first of all maybe just bounce back and forth I think first of all we carry the title missionary uh, pretty pretty close to our hearts um, and uh, I, I think that that is something that kind of guides um, you know, our, our, our thoughts, how we spend our time, whether it's at work or home or, or um, at church or churches coming into, into our home. Um, and uh, so uh, I, I have a corporate job, and I kind of call them my, uh, my support uh, for, my, for uh, our, our mission work. Um, and uh, we have five kids one in college and uh see two in high school one junior high and one fourth grader and uh so that keeps us hopping um and we do a lot of uh work at uh in the church uh we do uh coaching and training uh leadership development as well i don't know probably i'm sure i missed some things
2: no i think that's good we um we do lead a missional community as andrew said which It's like a small group or a house church and our heart beat really is for um, the vulnerable. So we we really ask the Lord to break our hearts for the things that break his and that has led us to being able to care for children in our home through a few different organizations as well as we work um, most Saturdays to furnish, homes for people who have previously been experiencing homelessness. And so we've got some different ministries that we feel really passionate about being connected to. But I completely agree with Christian. All of that is is just a part of us feeling like we're called we're just our lives are called to be on mission, right? Regardless of you know, some people say, oh like I'm a missionary in the marketplace or I'm a missionary missionary or what we just think you're a child of God. So like whether whatever your title is, there's just this expectation of who you are based on that identity. And, and we really try to keep that present. We do it very imperfectly, but we do try to keep that right before us all the time to understand what's our identity and then allow that to drive our actions.
3: Yeah. I think um, specifically the, just the area of, uh, um, you know, being a missionary, you think of a missionary and you think of being overseas and, and uh, we have lived overseas before and, and, and we, had kind of an Abraham call back uh, to the u s it's not something that we wanted to do, um, and from that time f- forward uh, back in two thousand and nine, we really have been praying, Lord, kick us back out we 're ready to go um, and that hasn't happened but what he has what has happened um, is that the nations have kind of come into our home um, we've had you know uh, eleven kids re- refugee kids, uh, ten or eleven refugee kids over the past uh, twelve months. Live in our home for short or longer periods of time, um, and we're we're called to um, look after the orphan, look after the, the widow, and the the modern day orphan, the the modern day uh, widow are are the poor, the homeless, the refugee, and um, you know I think you know when you think about uh, the Great Commission, um, that is a commission, it's not the Great suggestion, and that that's something that really does govern. I guess, how we interact
1: with this world that we're in. Yeah, and so you touched on, spoiler alert, Mexico. <laughs> but, so I would love for y'all to just share, like, this could be a longer story, but like how you met and then how you ended up going in the first place to Mexico.
3: So you want like our 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 marriage story?
1: Correct. Oh, wow,
3: now you're on way back. <laughs> Our, our our 25th wedding anniversary is next next summer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
3: we're gonna go back 25. been a minute. We <laughs> met,
2: yeah, we met so brief story, we met while we worked in Washington, DC during college. So I'm from California, Christian's from Indiana, and we weren't there for political purposes. We were there leading um we were there leading high school conferences for students who would fly out to DC, receive leadership training, and they also got to engage um, in the civic process. And so we served as counselors for the first year, directors for the second year, and fell in love. And we dated for maybe six weeks. Like we were we were tight friends, dated for six weeks, got engaged, and we were married um, 10 months later. So that was, yes, 24 years ago. And our, um, our path, took us to Ohio for a year, and then here to Indiana, which is where Christian's from, for several years. And then um, I'll start this kind of mission, the mission call story. So I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not, I didn't grow up going to church. I mean, I had heard of Jesus, and certainly I had friends who uh, went to church, but my faith journey really started when i was in college and then i was really well discipled by christian and then our initial church in ohio our church here in indiana and just as we grew um, in the lord we our hearts just burned just to be completely sold out for him like for him to have it all for him to be the only thing not like you know not the main thing just the only thing and We um, began serving, our local church began teaching Bible studies, uh, you know, sharing the gospel with people, being, the Lord, you know, was gracious enough to use us to really help guide people to him. And we just had a really, like a a thriving ministry really happening right Mm -hmm. where we lived. And we had um, one small child, Madeline was our first, she was a few years old and I'll never forget, I was pregnant with Joshua, and I went to a dinner that was like a fundraiser slash informational meeting about an organization that works with orphans in Russia, Ukraine, Africa, Mm -hmm. and I was so fired up. I was like, this is a yes, for sure, except that I was going to have a baby, and so I came home. Christian wasn't able to go with me, and I brought the application. I was like, you got to go. Like this, you have to go. And Christian, interestingly, had studied Russian in college, had lived a summer in Ukraine. So he kind of had a heart tie there anyways. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a big stretch to, yeah. to convince you to go, right? Yeah. So Christian filled out the application and he made plans to go. And we were super stoked. Our, we had uh, really just super cool people within our church that were wanting to help fund him so that he could go. and. Um, he was gonna go in the summer. Our son Joshua was born in April, mid-April, so he was a few months old. And Christian started to get really sick, like to feel really bad. It's actually May. He was just about a month old when this happened, and and was just in tons of pain one night. And actually had to drive himself because I had these two babies. Drive himself to the emergency room, and while there, they thought he had kidney stones. Um, it turned out not to be that. It turned out to be that he had a really serious um, issue with his kidney. And so obviously you shouldn't go to Russia when you have a really serious issue with kidney that he needed surgery. It was a really, it was a big deal. So that trip got removed from the table
3: until. Yeah. And so backtrack maybe about a month prior to us pulling out of that trip or me pulling out of the trip, um, <clears throat> we had raised funds. Um, and I had one, uh, one of the, 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 the funders, uh, for the trip, uh, was, was also somebody that really discipled me along the way. And I remember going to him early on saying, Hey, I kind of, I think I feel led by the Lord to be on this trip. In fact, I'm pretty sure I do. Um, and the Lord just keeps breaking my heart for this. And, and, uh, he said, fantastic. I'll definitely sign up. What do you need? And, um, and he, he, he he talked about the why, he talked about, you know, mission service. Um, he, he shared several stories about some Old Testament prophets, uh, uh, specifically Elisha. And um, I remember uh, just walking away from that really feeling peace, but then so fast forward a month later, this happens with my kidney. Doctors say, you're crazy to go to Russia. I think, yeah, I think maybe you're right. I That is crazy. Uh, so I went back to my, uh, my, my, my donors, and this is probably about uh, maybe a week to 10 days before the trip. Um, and I remember um, telling everybody, hey, this is what's happening. In fact, my surgery was gonna be on the day we flew out, right, and uh, like, like everyone was saying, yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you caught this now. It'd be awful to be in, in Russia and have this happen. I can't imagine. And I remember getting around back around to this guy um, who was discipling me through this, my my mentor. Um, And he said, I thought you said you were called by God to be on this trip. And I said, yeah, but my kidney is bad and it, it, it needs surgery. He said, I thought you were called by God to be on this trip. And I said, I've got an appointment with a doctor to go under the knife on August 18th of that year. And he said, um, well, you can schedule um, an appointment with, with man anytime, but you cannot reschedule an appointment with God. And I remember I can still feel it, like just this feeling of like um, just this rush of, of, of peace, but also anxiety at the same time. It's hard to describe. Uh, it's just... Holy spirit filled that him saying, Christian, just put your trust in me. I've got it. I've called you to be on this trip. And uh, so I remember calling back to the agency and they said, uh, and I told them, I said, Hey, I, I'm actually going to reverse the decision. I I actually want to be on this. And they said, okay, well, we've got like maybe five days left and uh, we have to get a visa. We have to get a plane ticket because we canceled your ticket. We have to, you have to get vaccinations. Like there's a few miracles that are going to need to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you're going to have to really move. Well, the Lord did move. And I was on a plane on August 18th and was flying to Russia. And I remember in that, on that trip thinking um, and feeling as well, because I had been in a little bit of pain all, all, all up until this point. My pain for those three weeks or two and a half weeks, completely 100% gone felt completely normal and healthy
2: so this was 17 years ago so there were like there was no, no smartphone no we didn't have facetime no cell phones we weren't doing zoom so I just didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't know how I, we had no contact I didn't know how he was I didn't know what's going on but um when I remember going to the airport to pick him up when he landed and I had at this point like a, you know a four-month-old baby and a two-year-old in tow and he he just the first thing he said to me was I have heard the Lord call us into full-time ministry and I was like okay so we um we began just praying about what that was this would be August and we had just purchased an old an old house like a sweet 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 old house but that you've got to do a lot to Hmm. to make it even sweeter so we were putting some money into this house. We we're putting some money in this house and we were, you know, we had our two babies and Chris we still had to deal with this kidney thing and then we're thinking full-time ministry. Well, the Lord opened up right away several opportunities for Christian to serve in full-time ministry in our city in Indiana. And that seemed to just make sense to me. Like I had a, a large women's Bible study I was leading. There was just we had a lot of Um, really active ministry. And um, so I was like, yes, Lord, as long as it's just right here and not a lot else has to change. And Christian was really like, yes, Lord, just yes, Lord, period. So we, Christian uh, went back to the doctor and rescheduled his surgery. They went in, this was probably October and things actually were way worse than they thought they were. So they didn't do anything then, but they rescheduled a surgery for Christmas Eve to completely remove his kidney. And and so they did that. And I remember sitting in the hospital room that night and he was asleep and we had been talking with different people about, you know, different ministries it locally. We just didn't find peace at all in them. And so I'm sitting there in the hospital room and I'm praying. And I remember having this overwhelming feeling of what what if we miss God's best for us because I'm boxing him in, like I'm boxing God in, I'm telling him, yes, but only to these things. And it was like my heart broke in that moment and I was able just to say, yes, Lord, yes to whatever it is that you have for us. And the Lord moved really, really quickly then. Christian recovered, um, he, we, um, we began to just pray. I was um, meant to, I was leading a Bible study that couldn't meet at the church for this particular week. So we met in these people's house. um, And this woman's house, she, she lived on a missionary complex. And the top floor of her house was where she lived. The bottom floor was apartments for missionaries coming off the field to stay. And I was setting up in her area and someone came upstairs and just needed a pencil and introduced themselves to me and told me, this lady, we struck up a conversation. She tells me she and her husband have just left the field in Mexico to care for aging parents and oh, how they desperately needed people in Mexico. I was like, okay, well, I came home and I said to Christian, do you, what if, what if God's calling us Mexico? And I don't know why, but then all of a sudden Christian was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, are you sure? Because (laughs) these people are here in town and they can meet with us and talk to us. He's like, no, I, I just don't think that's it. And I was like, okay. So we didn't meet with them. And then God just like chased us in these crazy ways to make it super clear that he intended for us to explore this Mexico option. And um, what we, so we, we decided, okay, we start calling the mission agency. We try and get hold of that couple. We're looking for information and it is like crickets. Like we get nothing. Nobody can help us. No one's on the field. No one's available. It, not only are they like not helpful. It's like they're They're unhelpful. Like they're almost like putting barriers in front of us. It
3: seemed seemed like, um, I thought you wanted missionaries on the field, but we can't get a hold of you. Yeah,
2: we were like, what is going on? So I'll never forget on a Saturday night, we got on our knees and we prayed. We were like, Lord, we think you are closing this door. And if you are, cool. But if you're not, would you just make that super obvious? Because we're frustrated and we don't know what's going on. So we were part of of a, a church plant at that time that was meeting in a tiny room at the very top of a mega church. Like they were giving us space. We could do like our little church plant. And um,
3: like you had to go through like the hamster hallways yeah, to get to this. Like, place. you know, like not, a big, huge
2: mega church. like, I don't know. To. Like there's like five diagrams for each wing. So we're up, we're up in our little area. <laughs> there's like 40 of us and um, we're doing church. We're doing our thing. And Christian, there's a couple visiting, which is obvious when you've got a little house, house, church plant and older couple behind us, Christian notices that they've got a Spanish Bible. So at the end of service, he turns around. I went to go get my kids from the nursery. He turns around and he he talks to them. Turns out, of course, they are missionaries from Mexico with the agency we've been trying to contact. They heard about this church plant and wanted to check it out. They just happened to have the whole day free. And they were so excited to come to our house and sit and talk with us. And it was like the Lord just opened floodgates for us. They were so good to us to explain things. They encouraged us to do a vision trip, which we did do. And I know this is such a long story, but it's so good I gotta tell it. So we go on this vision trip. My good friends watch our, our two babies, right? We get there. I'm telling you, we are, in, we're in Mexico City. It is insane. It is, I, I there's scorpions in my bed. We're pulled over by the police like three times. It. I'm like sick half the time. It was crazy. And I'm like, oh, well, I certainly hear the Lord on this one. Like, I I hear you loud and clear, Lord. That's a no. So we get on the plane and we're flying home. And I'm like, so uh, what are you thinking? And he, Christian's like, well, here's the deal. I think I've heard the Lord on this, but I think we shouldn't talk about it. I think we should pray about it. And then let's just see how the Lord leads us in unity. And I'm like, yep sounds good. Like you let me know when you're ready. Cause I know that this is a no. And, um, we get home and we're talking with some friends who were very discouraging, like believers, right. Who are like, this is, you definitely, what's wrong with you people even consider this. You've got small children in no way. And that's dangerous. And don't you about kidnappings. And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, like preach. Right. So, so we're just, you know, in that situation. And then a, my accountability partner calls me, tell me what's going on. And I tell her, and her husband happened to work for the mission agency. And she's like, broke the accountability rule, told her husband what I'm talking about in accountability. He calls me up and he says, yeah, so I want you to come to our mission agency. We have chapel three times a week. And I don't care when you want to come, but you should be in a room filled with people excited about missions. Just come. And so I'm like, yes, I will. And so a few weeks later, I picked a date. I go and I I don't know. I mean, and Kurt meets me in the parking lot. He's like, I don't even know who's speaking today, but I know you're going to be encouraged. I was like, okay, we go in, I sit down. This guy stands up and he's like, you know, welcome everybody. I'm super excited to talk to you all today about my recent visit to Mexico. And then he like shows these slides of all the places we visited, the people that we met, and my heart just breaks. And I go, I got a hold of Christian. I'm like, we're going to Mexico, aren't we? And he was like, yeah, we're going to Mexico. And so it was like speed, speed lightning at that point. Some friends called us and they're like, what are you guys deciding? And we're like, we're going to Mexico. What are you going to do with your house? We're going to sell it. Great, we'll come tonight and look at it. They're like looking at it. They're like, you tell us how much you want. We'll buy it. We never put a sign in the yard. Um, and it was like, I could, I mean, we could have 10 hours of podcasts of recounting the miracles that the Lord worked in that season for us.
3: I remember asking the Lord um, just for confirmation right? That that the decision was right. And I said, I remember vividly praying, Lord, if you could just like give us some confirmation, like, can you do it just once a week? Right. And this is how good God is. Um, Is it wasn't, it wasn't once a week. It was every single day. I think I counted like 49 straight days of confirmation.
2: It was crazy, crazy stuff. And so then all that to say, we uh, landed in Mexico and um, we found ourselves pregnant in that journey. So when we, when we actually left and uh, arrived in Mexico, we had a four year old, a two year old and a six month old. And, um, and then we served in Mexico for four years um, and it was completely awesome.
3: Yeah, I think some of the things that it uh, changed in me was just the just the idea you're going there to go and serve and and bring this nation to christ and the first thing that happens is actually god bringing yourself closer to him Mm -hmm. Um, that happens first always and that that's just you know it's going to happen whether it's a short or a long term uh experience we did sign up for just uh two years and every year the lord just kept reconfirming stay here and so we were there for four um I would also say this, that, um, you know, our, our plans, um, you know, we make plans, and uh, the Lord has greater plans. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember going there to, we were, we taught English, and I thought, gosh, English, just teaching English, really, really, God, is that, is that, like, what am I going to get really out into the trenches, and do house, uh, uh, church planting, and evangelism, and really just be in the trenches, and and uh leading people to the lord on the street and um what's fascinating about that is is we got to do leadership we did we we, we were in almost every single ministry that was even available on the field one one way shape or form um i led the field and you would think oh wow you like led the field yes i did but i would say that the most fruitful time that we had was teaching english little humble old english and and um it was because we met in need, we became friends with the, many of these people. And um, when I, when I look at the decisions for Christ that, that, that the Lord allowed us to be a part of, like three quarters of them came in, in that first like 18 months mm-hmm. with, with, with and through English. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Lord can use anything he wants, anytime he wants.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: I'm going to pull on Andrew here. I have two things. um number one i am so thankful for you sharing the journey to mexico i think it's really really encouraging for people like us uh, who are about to embark on you know the world race and and joining um, missions and you know just hearing how like all the different ways that god can confirm that calling so it's really cool to hear all the different ways that he confirmed you guys in that calling. Um, number two, I'm really glad you shared what you just shared about the teaching English part because it goes so well with what we just heard last night um, from Addison and Katrina in that like, when you're like called to these missions, it's, it's so important to focus on that one thing that you were called to and God will put everything else in place. So I think it's really, really cool that both of you have shared, have shared
3: that. That's great. God might be up to something with that then. <laughs>
1: for sure. Yeah. So could you then like explain, I mean, you kind of started, but like what ministry actually looked like for those four years while you were in Mexico, like what you guys were doing, um, and then I guess from there would be like what actually then kicked you out of Mexico and brought you back to the U.S. Mm-hmm.
2: So I would say that what the Lord taught us, like we, we actually now will view our time in Mexico as our training yeah. for our mission work. And and what I mean by that is God taught us so much about how to live missionally in Mexico. So so I think in our heads, I mean, certainly we had ministry going before we left. And that's something we believe in a lot. Like we think, if you think you're gonna get on a plane and land in another country, step off and all of a sudden you're a missionary, it's not happening. If you're not doing it at home, you're not doing it overseas. Yep. Like, like you need to be living and doing your mission work where God has you planted. And so we had some of that going, but we also had like, you know, like we've read those like stories of all these great missionaries and we're like, okay, like here we go out on this big mission field. And what we learned was, um, that mission work is about relationship. It's about inviting people in, um, into your life, into Um, your family, into your home, into your mess. mess. It's about it. And, and it's breaking bread together. So, so yes, like we would, you know, this is a typical missionary thing. you have like make like a missionary newsletter, like, Hey, here's, you know, pictures of whatever highlights are happening. And, and really what mission work is, it's just loving people really big. And that's what God taught us. And it was a really good place for us to learn it because Latin cultures, Mexican people are completely people centered, not project centered. And so I think the Lord wanted us to get that big time that this isn't about what projects getting accomplished or um, what we could, you know, what we, oh, there was this camp for two weeks where this many people accepted this Lord. Like, what's, what's a good snippet for the newsletter? It was about really um, be building relationships with people so that. The, they, could, um, they could trust that you were bringing the gospel message to them, right? Now, there were certainly tasks that we did that weren't relational or that needed to happen that the Lord also taught us to do really faithfully and to, and to trust that he was, this was a training ground for our own heart. So mm-hmm. there were some building projects, there were um, some things that were short-term where like relationship wasn't able to be developed over a length of time. And he really taught us to be just so fully present in those. And so we did everything from, Christian mentioned, teaching English, church planting, street kid ministry was a huge piece of what we did, started moms groups, and I mean, and everything and anything in between, which is kind of, I think, the story of missionaries, right? You, you go and, and you've already said yes. So it's just whatever the task is in front of you you do it as though you're doing it onto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that was was a real joy for us. You also learn about yourself and what things you love and what things you don't love. So Christian talked about he had to step in to um, lead the field, like our field leader accepted a position at um, stateside with our headquarters. Christian stepped into leading the field and he learned quickly like his joy is on the front lines. Lots of meetings and lots of administration someone needs to do it. And, and the Lord gifts people in that, but he was like, like, put me on the front lines, please. like, let me talk to someone directly about the gospel. And so we got to figure out kind of where our gifting was. And that was really important for us. And we purposed like when, so we went for two years, we went up staying for four. We had another child born in Mexico. So four children now, and um, Christian was asked to uh, to renew as field leader. And so we would have, that would have been a three year commitment mm-hmm. and we were praying about that. And again, kind of separately, just wanting to hear the Lord each of us and then come together. I believe like definitely if in a marriage situation, we're just, we know that God works for unity and he works for order. So he's not a God of confusion, right? So we just wanted to hear him and then come together. And we both clearly heard the Lord call us home, like clearly, Now we had the best mission, mission experience. We had a really cool team. We loved our work. We had deep friendships. We were rooted. It was awesome. We were funding was no problem. Like the Lord brought our funding in. Like it's just all those things you kind of hear that people go running from the mission field back home for. It just didn't apply to us. It was really, it was, it was the voice of the Lord. As clear as he called us there, he called us home and and that was a challenge. I mean, we sobbed when we came home. We were sad, and, uh, but we trusted the Lord with it for sure. So mm-hmm. we moved home, and, um, and we, but we were really intentional and purposed that, I mean, just like I said, we felt like God had taught us how to live missionally. And um, we heard David Platt speak once about, and, and this was our posture that like your life's like a blank check. I know nobody uses checks anymore, but your life's like a blank check. And you're just like, here, Lord, like spend it. Here's my life, you spend it. And that's what we wanted. And so we joke sometimes now that we could probably write a way meatier and robust missionary letter now than we even could when we were there. Um, but we're so, we're, we are, I love that Christian said the Lord is, we keep praying, like kick us out, Lord, like we'll go. We, we would love to go back. But the Lord has been faithful to bring the nations to us. So he mentioned refugee kids. We've had foreign exchange students live with us. We have ministered in Spanish speaking churches here. Like it's God, you know, one of Christian's mentors said to him, when we were in the process, like we were praying over, where should we go? What should we do before we had this Mexico call? And he's like, here's the deal. God doesn't actually care where you are. He cares where your heart is. Like, where's your heart? Is it his? Mm-hmm. And, and we have seen that. We have seen him give us great joy in ministry in Indianapolis, um, just as he had in Mexico City.
3: Yeah, yeah. So some of the things that, um, you know, as we, as we look back, um, you kind of wonder, okay, so why, Lord, did you uh, bring us back? Um, you know, we, we, we do see um, fruit in ministry now. Um, we do see uh, ministry that both of us um, separately or together or as a complete family are doing. And uh, there have been countless ministries that we've been a part of, uh, both in a Hispanic uh, church uh, to a nursing home to a broken down motel with, uh, you know, people who were just uh, kind of the least of these, as Jesus says, uh, that were living there. Um, and I would say probably the two big areas would just be um, our our fifth child, uh, we, we did uh, meet him because we we adopted, and uh, that has been a pure joy that is almost a missionary journey within itself mm-hmm. and is another chapter of another book or maybe a book by itself mm-hmm. and then also uh, robin 's uh, dad 's health was was failing, and so we were able to bring him into our home for for a period of time and and care for him. So we know that that the Lord did bring us back for those reasons, but you know there, there are probably a lot of other reasons we won't know on the side of heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And And we didn't
2: know those things. We didn't know. My dad dad was fine when we lived in Mexico. We didn't move home because of that. And we didn't have any intention of having additional children. And like, so, but it's really beautiful when you can just trust the Lord. It's like, so, so when my, even still, when my 10 year old wakes up, he's not like, nervous about what the day holds or what are we going to do? Or he's just like, Hey mom, like whatever I say, that's, that's how it goes. Right? Like, okay. And I'll say, we're going to store." Okay. We're going here. Okay. And he just trusts me. Like he totally trusts me to plan his day and to take him. And I think that's what the Lord invites us to is like, just, just trust me and I'll take you. But it was hard because when you leave the mission field, people are sad and I get it but like other missionaries were like, why, like what's going on? And what happened? What
3: was, what, being? yeah. Who offended is, who?
2: Is there intervention? What do we, need? our None mission agency yeah. was like, I mean, the rumors were crazy. People just, and, 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 people, um, I think, and I think you guys could experience this when you come back from world, world race, right? Like for lots of people, they're probably thinking, Oh, this is like your, this is like your buffet table. Like you're going to go test it all out and then see which thing you want for dinner. Right like this Mm -hmm. and so so there's going to be some expectation i think of oh you're going to go to some place now where you're going to plant long term or and and maybe maybe but maybe not i mean maybe um god has just some training in it for you maybe god has you you know scheduled to meet somebody in some country and because that's for their life trajectory so it's just it's like believing that god is still good and that you're still useful even if your title isn't full time
3: ministry. Yeah, I think it's a testimony to God's sovereignty. When you think about um you know, first of all, he is sovereign and he he you know, if we if we make a wrong decision, it's you know, the Lord is not up there uh, on his throne wondering, "Oh no, you know, they made a wrong choice. So now what do I do?" God is sovereign and he and and, and what he what he wills happens. Mm-hmm. And and so that has given us great peace. Um, about, you know, being in ministry. Um, and I'm sure we've made mistakes along the way, but but we rest in God's sovereignty um, in it. Yeah.
0: That's so good. So good. Um, so now I have to ask, when you heard the Lord calling you back home from Mexico, was it just a complete, like, hey, you're going home, trust me, I got this? Or was it like, Hey, I got this job lined up for you, Christian. I have a job lined up for you, Robin. Like, here's your, your next opportunities or was it just go home,
3: it'll work itself out? Yeah, that's a good question.
2: Yes, it was both.
3: Yeah, I think it was both as well. That would have been my answer too. I, I, think, I think the Lord, the Lord uh, was showing that provision. I think he knew that we needed to, to see, okay, well, is there a way? Uh, what is that way? And the, and the Lord was gracious to us. Um, you know, uh, Psalm Psalm 37, verse four, um, a very important verse in our in, in in our youngest son's life in in him coming to us. Also was true then too that that he uh, gives us what we delight, um, and he answers the prayers for those who delight in him. And uh, I, I think that that's something that we were asking along the way. And he did give us that peace. Um, and he, in, in, in that provision, out of that provision has, we, we are so grateful to the Lord because it's allowed us to, um, to really truly be missional. Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it went like this. Okay, Lord, we hear you. We're coming back. What does that look like? We don't know. Okay, let's just keep praying about it. And then a supporter of ours yeah. that would call about every two months or three months, called and was talking to Christian just he would just check in how's it going what's going on and um he said to Christian hey i don't know like what you guys are thinking or what's happening but i have this job description on my desk and the lord just keeps telling me to contact you about it like just over and over and christian was like well okay god has told us that we're coming home and so talk to me about it more. So that wound up being the job Christian took. And, um, and it's the company where he still works today. So what's, what's super cool about that is the guy who contacted Christian was one of the guys that Christian was able to lead to the Lord and disciple before we ever left to the mission field. Mm-hmm. So it's like this like full circle, um, really, really cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool it's
1: just a God story yeah yes I'm gonna one up here Monica I have three things this time (laughs) (laughs) first just like you guys are sharing about sovereignty and I think the analogy that I love to use is to like think about like a little girl who's learning how to walk right and so like maybe the first time she walks she takes a step and then she stumbles and she falls like the father's response like just like the idea of the freedom that we have in that sovereignty like so often I think It's really easy to think like well the lord like pick this one or this one it'll be obvious like i have to do it or i can mess up and so often it's just like here's both they're great you have freedom choose and it's like in the same way the little girl falls like the father's response isn't like oh i'm writing you off you don't know how to walk like you're a terrible daughter like it's to pick the daughter back up and just be like overjoyed to go through the process of walking with her and so like i just think that it's such a beautiful analogy of the like freedom that we are invited into in like being children of God. And then the other two things are kind of tied together. I would love to hear, one, I would love for y'all to share whatever the (laughs) brief-ish version of Mason is, because I think it is like miraculous testimony that I think would be really cool for you guys to share. And then with that, specifically like ministry back here in general, I'd love for you guys to share just like the vision and like maybe the mission statement that you have in that, but specifically, I think one of like the most beautiful things that I have seen in walking life with you guys that is really different than any like other family I've ever seen is the way that you choose to like parent with a missional focus. And so I would love for you to share like story of Mason and then like what like mission statement vision looks like for ministry in general, but particularly like in raising your kids.
0: Hey everyone, Micah here. Uh, Because we had such a great conversation with Christian and Robin McKinnon, uh, our talk went a little long, so we're going to divide this week's episode into two parts. Uh, You've just finished part one. Uh, Stay tuned for part two of this episode coming out later in the week. Thanks, guys. We want to thank you for listening to More Than a Mission, for more information and to keep up with our ministries, follow us on social media at More Than a Mission Podcast or email us directly at morethanamission at outlook.com.